is a terrorist and my treat. Adam's entitled The Troll. Episode 4. <laughs> the Book of Filth. Narrated by author and actor Josh Diaz. No part of this book may be reproduced in any medium. All rights are reserved under Joshua Lee Diaz, 2021. Epigraph. Chapter 1 Adam the Troll was once a beautiful man. He was one of the most beautiful men in the history of the world. When Adam hit 30, he began to panic. He began to see that he would continue to age past an acceptable look. That look was one of aging. His tight skin had begun to wither under the years of sun and intensity that he had chosen to live his life. He had, for many of his youthful years, scoffed at the old and made fun of their miserable lives, taking not into account that he too would one day end up just as the old were. In Adam's case, he would fare nefariously much worse. Adam fought with his aging process, taking every serum, supplement, and health diet that would help aid in the regeneration of his dying and renewing cells. But, but Father, Father Time was a mother mother fucker! fucker. <laughs> His mean hand had reached for Adam when Adam discovered a gray hair growing on the top of his head. Right then and there, as he stared at the gray hair, he recoiled in anger. He recoiled with primal fear. The only kind of fear that mortality could make you feel. Adam wanted to die right then and there. No way would he be able to handle the degenerative effects of coming old age. No way would he be able to take age with grace and fortitude. He was far too superficial for that. Adam loved the thrill of seeing beautiful women who would look at him with lust like they would. He loved being at the top of the aesthetic food chain. All of that would end if he were to degrade with age. Each year that would go by, he would see the great decline slowly form in the mirror. In a mad rush of mortal panic, as he stared in horror at himself, he grabbed a razor blade from his Barbasol hair cutting tray and cut his own throat, killing himself within a minute of the initial cut. Bled out on the floor of his bathroom dead, None was more surprised than Adam himself. Not a soul would ever know what he had just done to himself that day. They wouldn't know because like all suicides, they, unlike natural deaths, get a chance to make a deal with the devil. Adam awoke within the pitch black of some mystical starry night. He was in the void of death now, the waiting room for either being transported to heaven or hell. A circus tent formed in the distance near a train station that sported the sonorous quality of a loud whistle. But there was no train, only the looming threat of one. Adam made his way to the circus tent, confused and feeling very cold, like death. Like death. Adam doesn't know it, but his mind is creating everything he is seeing. He is projecting deep within his subconscious that which hasn't completely died in his physical mind that is still trying to stay alive. Localized synapses still firing before rigor mortis sets in. Adam enters the tent unafraid. Standing in the middle of the circus tent within the powered ring of animal dirt is a smiling, snaggle-toothed man who has one wide, glaring eye that 
beams at Adam looking at him. His balding head shines under the high-topped circus lights with long blonde hair flowing down the sides of his black and red coat. Step right up, Adam. It's time to play. Do I want to die or do I want to live forever? The jeering, frightening short man exclaims as Adam feels a steel icy chill in the pit of whatever he is. Apparition? Ghost? Adam thinks. Am I a ghost? Where is this place? Where is this place? Am I a ghost? Adam asks defensively. Devilishly, the short man in the red coat appears right in front of Adam as if he had just teleported to his location. All in the blink of an eye. We don't have time for stupid fucking questions. Do you want to live forever, Adam? Or do you want to be cast into hell with all of them? The dwarf man in the red coat points to a cavern that has appeared at the center of the circus pit. There, Adam can see the horrific sight of men and women ripping each other apart as fire and brimstone consume them. Their horrifying screams cause Adam to recoil, falling back on his ass. No! I don't ever want to go to that place! I must live! I must live forever! Adam screams, clutching his face in his balled-up fists, diverting his eyes from the horrific reveal of a fiery hell. The hellish scene silences as Adam looks up to see a lamb being slaughtered by the short dwarf man. Adam stands, staring in horror, wanting to run, but he can't. He feels frozen. The dwarf cuts into the neck of the lamb until the head severs. He pulls it, snapping the bone of the neck, removing it totally from the body of the still-kicking lamb. Oh my god, Adam whispers to himself as he feels he would vomit if he still had the physical body to do so. The dwarf man appears hovering over Adam, dripping blood onto his head. Adam falls back, attempting to evade, but the dwarf man follows him expertly and without need for gravity. What do you want? Stop! Get the fucking lamb's head away from me! Adam screamed. The dwarf man flies into the face of Adam, looking at him with his very large glaring eye that has an erected iris. It's not what you can do for me, but what I can do for you. (laughs) He squelches with a demonic giggle. Adam is very frightened. He tries to get away only to back up into the largest elephant he has ever seen. It bellows at him with its long nose and bulging tusks. Adam, with nowhere to go, screams, I just want to live! The elephant disappears. The short dwarf man with the red coat laughs. All you have to do is drink the blood of this lamb, and you will live forever. He says, flaring his red coat, smiling maniacally. Adam looks at the head of the lamb, pondering his options. All I have to do is drink from this lamb, and I get my life back? I get to go back on living forever? Adam asks, deeply skeptical. Yes! The dwarf man booms with a deafening burst of vocal energy. Adam doesn't wait. He opens his mouth as the dwarf man begins to drip the blood of the lamb's head into Adam's mouth. Adam can feel something strange and horrible happening within him. The horrible feeling gives way to something heavenly. 
pure ecstasy washes over him as he begins to feel the rush of life consume him and make him feel whole and youthful again. Like when he was a teenager, slowly, the reality of the circus tent begins to fade while the reality he had died in begins to come back into focus. Adam looks wide-eyed as the dwarf gets in his face one last time. With nowhere to go and no power to do anything about it, Adam closes his eyes and lets the zeal of newly gained eternal life wash over him. Adam reawakens on his bathroom floor with the sink overflowing streaming onto his face like a waterboarding session at some secret, hostile government detention facility. It is not Gitmo, he thinks. It is my bathroom. He sits up suddenly, kicking his legs out with a spasm of life as he becomes reanimated. He stands stiff with his arms and legs shooting out like he is a wooden doll. Wide-eyed, he looks into the mirror to see the deep cut on his neck has healed and there is no blood. He pushes his face close to the mirror to see that the gray hair he had found has vanished. His appearance looks to have de-aged to his former 19-year-old self. He knows this fine detail because every year he has taken a picture of himself to monitor the signs of aging. He has been at war with aging since his teens. Holy shit! Holy shit! Adam says, smiling wide-eyed like he had just won the super lottery. He jumps up and down in his bathroom, naked and screaming. I fooled him! I got you, God! I got you! I made a deal with the devil and I won! Adam celebrates, tearfully forgetting the fleeing comment by the dwarf man who had called him a sucker. Had Adam looked closer, he would have seen dark green spots begin to form on the tips of his ears. Signs of a beginning transformation that would soon turn him into the creature he had opted to be. No one tells you you are turning into a goblin. First, you make a deal with the devil who promises you all the riches of eternal life only to find that you have opted for eternal damnation and ugliness. The first week back from suicide, Adam felt better than he had ever felt in his life. He smiled frequently with a gleam and had a heel-clicking pop in his step that made him want to give high fives to random strangers. He had done this a few times down by the river walk when he was in the middle of a marathon run, running at a pace that would have put him in first place had he been competing that day. The rush of eternal life made him lust for more. I have all the time in the world. I don't have to report to anyone. Finally, I get to live on my terms under my vision for my eternal self. He sang to himself as he was running down the Riverwalk Trail like a booming military cadence. Women, all of the women that he encountered on his run looked at him like they were ready to jump his bones right then and there. Some even followed him, he noticed. College girls would somehow find a reason to be where he was going while on his run. There were even a few photographs snapped of him by random women like he was a celebrity caught in broad daylight. The Congaree River flowed. As Adam took in the zeal of his new eternal life, he looked at the existential river as if it represented his eternal life. It was like a never-ceasing feeling of abundance that he had never felt before. A deep wellspring of youth only the feeling of eternal life could give him. Wow, I can divide my evolutionary progress by tricentennial years instead of just measly individual years, Adam thought to himself as he worked up enough courage to dive into the Congaree River from tall pillar stones that were once the loading docks for ferry boats from a time long gone by. Adam runs leaping headfirst off of the pillar stones toward the water only to dive face first into a metal pole that was deceptively hidden under the dark water mass that was poking 
coming up from the deep of the river rock bed. Adam is impaled by the pole crushing his skull. Blood begins to pour out everywhere within the river water, turning it from clear to red. Adam appearing lifeless and mangled begins to spasm and jerk under the water. His head begins to restructure itself and reshape, forming a new skull, perfectly preserving his former look. He comes back to life, no longer cross-eyed, realizing that he is invincible. He celebrates underwater by flipping the protruding metal pipe, the finger. He is overwhelmed with excitement as a very large catfish swims past him, brushing up against his shoulder. Behind the catfish is a hunting alligator that goes right for Adam's face, crushing it in its prehistoric jowls, sending a flurry of blood and gore into all viscous directions. The alligator rips at Adam's face until his head is torn from his body. Adam's headless body reaches for the alligator, grabbing it with superhuman strength, and pulls it into two pieces like it were a stuffed rubber doll. Adam's head reattaches itself to the body, this time with noticeable differences that he is not yet aware of. Adam pulls himself from the water onto the riverbank's edge, laughing maniacally like he were a god who had just rediscovered light. <laughs> Invincible! <laughs> can do anything! Die a million deaths! Hustle a thousand insurance claims before the end of the month! Not only am I eternally beautiful forever, I will be rich! Rich beyond my wildest dreams! Looking out over the river, Adam notices a river otter that is hovering in the water just below his feet. It hisses at him and then disappears into the river. Adam thinks nothing of this chance encounter with the river otter. He gets up off of the mossy mud and begins to race back toward the river walk path, singing loudly as he continues on with his intense marathon run. Can't kill me! Don't heal me, he sings. A beautiful young blonde woman in the distance can be seen by Adam as he overconfidently grooves his shoulders in step for the budding internal flare of douchebaggery that will be directed at the single white female running toward him. He struts as he runs. To Adam's surprise, the woman begins to slow down, looking horrified like she is about to... She shrieks as she turns running the other way. Adam doesn't understand what just happened. Adam actually looks down at his crotch, making sure he hadn't grown a two-foot cock, scaring her that way. Women broke down into two categories from Adam's perspective. There were the ones you fuck and the unfuckable throwaways that in his mind he dismissed as if they were inanimate objects that were lower on the totem pole than grass. The earth carpet, not the stoner kind. This was the first time in Adam's life a woman has run fleeing in the opposite direction from the mere sight of him. Usually, he is bathed in smirks and smiles that indicate women liked what they saw. He forever in his life had taken those glances and smirks for granted. He felt a stinging sensation in the pit of his stomach as he looked over to see a possum hiss at him like he were an invading predator. Adam brushes off his anxiety by trying to label the screaming woman as a potential encounter with a crazy lady. I don't know. Maybe she was abused. Maybe when she sees a man alone in the woods, no matter how good-looking they are, she freezes, and the fright comes for her like death is reaching for her, causing her to relive her traumas that, in turn, causes her to turn screaming in terror, Adam thought. This was the Riverwalk Park. There were... Stories that came from these woods that were too fantastic to be real. Short fiction night tales that his boyhood friends would tell to each other over late night sleepovers and campfire get-togethers with the local royal ambassadors at the First Calvary Baptist Church. That bitch is crazy. Adam, still dripping with river water, says to himself, Adam stops walking after he realizes his voice is somehow different. It wasn't the voice he had known all his life. 
It was a voice that sounded strained and guttural. The stinging tinge of a foreign feeling that has started to grow in his stomach is what most would call panic. Adam could not stand feeling weak. He hated the feeling and made fun of people who did not have the intestinal fortitude to mitigate their emotions through the daily battlefields of life. Right now, he was more like a scared kid than a dutiful facts-of-life ethics soldier. Adam's eyes move all around inside his skull, side to side, as they dart with his eyelids making squinting attempts to hide his panic that is on its way to the high-rise deep within him. I am Adam. He says to himself with a demonic-sounding grunt, This time, there was no misconception or gurgle in his throat that could be mistaken for a random break in the voice. What he heard come out of his mouth was frightening. It was nonsensical. It sounded like that of a troll. The same type of troll he would be frightened of when he would watch late-night action-adventure fantasy movies as a kid. Those fright memories had now become something real inside of him. His voice had just made those horrific sounds that made him cringe with fear of the unknown found only in the dark nether reaches of his nightmares. A sinister and horrifying thought cascaded over Adam as he began to panic for real. That woman, she ran screaming from me. She wasn't crazy. Something is wrong. Something has happened to me. He thinks. Adam runs for the water, leaving the Riverwalk Trail after seeing there is no bathroom in sight that would host a mirror. Adam rushes through the woods, falling to his knees in the mud by the river's edge, looking into the glassy reflection. At first, Adam thought he was looking into the reflection of a large, thorny bush that was concealing his true human features. Adam slowly brings his hand to his face to see that his hand is no longer a hand. It is a contorted, green, flesh-bulbous, pig-skin-like effigy to all that is demonic. He screams with his new voice that sounds like something between a howling werewolf and the line. <laughs> he looks to his reflection in the water just as he feels a transforming face that has grown extra skin and long tooth-like thorns that are lining his cheeks in several rows of whiskers. Lord! A completely alien language and demonic dialect bursts from his mouth, shaking the trees around him, causing the wildlife to scurry away. A skunk blows its stinky piss all over him, making him complete now with awfulness. Adam the troll screeches, causing some human voices in the distance to call out into the woods, questioning what creature they had just heard. Adam, feeling a burst of rage, looks at the skunk that still has its tail pointed high with its spray hole ready to douse him once again. Adam the troll points his pointy finger to the smelly little beast, sending a burst of energy that causes the skin to rip off cleanly 50-50 in opposite directions as the little skunk shrieks. Adam sends another powerful burst of energy to the skinned, writhing skunk that causes it to burst into gory, bloody chunks like it had been filled with dynamite. The sound of the burst competes with the explosive mention, causing Adam the goblin-looking troll to be blown back into the rushing river water in pieces of himself. But because of the damning curse of eternal life, his body quickly reassembles itself below the surface of the water, where the otters, turtles, fish, and alligators all look at him with unfamiliar, cognizant awareness, not wanting to rise out of the water. Adam the Troll allows himself to be rushed downriver, hoping that his powers fade so that he can slip off into the deep, dark sleep of death, forgetting his corrupted and sinister new eternal life as a troll. Chapter 2 
Adam sank to the lowest depths of the river, making it difficult to know if he were alive or dead. He greatly wanted dead. He needed the nightmare to end. Impossible it was for him to even attempt to reconcile the devil's deal that had cursed him with the ultimate bad look that would be for all of eternity. It was dark at the river's bottom that was some twenty feet deep where he floated. He felt creatures biting him, nipping him, attempting to make him their meal. But none could be satisfied. With each piece that was ripped from him, the flesh regenerated instantly. It was the oddest feeling for Adam. Suddenly, life had no value. It had no more meaning. He needed it to end. The thoughts in his head were still his human thoughts, but they had begun to change too, much like his physical appearance. Strange visions of a mystical world enlivened his mind with lies of the deeply disturbing, the fantastical realm where creatures like him came from, hidden just under the thin veil of reality. He had a deep hunger for creatures in that world that would flash over his mind like broken hieroglyphs. His English-spoken thoughts became muddled with those of the troll kind. Nonsensical utterances that he could only decipher by feeling, and not by intellectual knowingness of the bizarre words themselves. I, I have to... Adam the Troll gave up on attempting to fix his mind that had transformed into that of the creature that he now was. He wasn't so much depressed as he was vengefully plotting his desired wrath against the devil himself for making him this way. Adam looked at the dark contrajure of his hands that were floating in the water, backlit by the deep blue moonlight. The sovereign origination of his body had been replaced with the deepest, darkest representation of filth. Adam felt he had to get back to the mystical circus where the devil would be. He wanted to give back his eternal life for the slow aging one. He was trapped in what felt like a torture suit built for nefarious mischievous deeds that only wanted the blood of an <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. Eventually, Adam had to feed. His human thoughts became inconsequential to his troll ones. He began to eat anything that was warm and had a heartbeat. He made himself like that of the trolls that came before him, found only in the nether regions of hidden reality. Bathed in the blood of deer he fed by the river's edge under the pale moonlight. It was a river's edge that was very far away from the Citywalk Park, located in a place where no one lived. A place that would provide ample feeding for his nefarious needs. Needs that made him begin to plot the deaths of very specific Masonic masters who were peppered in affluential roles within the local nearby community at large. Their debts were non-human ones. Their debts were ones that took the hidden energy of the soul and revealed it like you were looking at energy ribbons on a mystical scroll. A mystical scroll that now hosted their red glowing names. Adam the Troll could now see these names when he pulled up his special list from the great abyss of the unknown world of the Troll. A creature that he was now completely Four score and eighty moons ago was the first time Milton Ebers had discovered that he was within the lineage of a Master Mason. It was also the first strike on a very long list of hidden historical meanings that he had suspected deep within his gut. What Milton didn't know was that his great-great-great-grandfather had once stolen spiritual currency from a tribe of Indians that he had no business stealing from. They were local Cherokee who had manifested sustenance for their tribe by mystical means. These Cherokee would perform spirit rituals that would bring about ample harvest for their crops and fastidious heightened cognitive powers that would make their hunts 100% accurate. There were 
few things in human life that could put you on the troll hit list. The troll is a bounty hunter of the underworld who maintains the balance of power between humans and the mystical secrets by keeping oaths and spiritual currency clean. If the hidden sacred laws were corrupted by the wielders of the magic, they would be punished. If a human took what was not theirs from a human group or individual that was in good standing with the mystical, they would be killed by a troll just like Adam. Adam was now one of those mystical realm assassins. His transformation had completed to the point that he was now only three feet tall and no bigger than a rummaging tiny <laughs> Adam was a troll nonetheless. His former human self had vacated completely. Now, all there was was the Book of the All and the sacred list of three kills he had to complete immediately. Milton Ebers was at the top of his list, then his son, then his daughter. In that specific order, Adam the Troll looked to the moon that from his perspective now glowed green. It glowed with an omnipresent translucence that cascaded like rolling water over the hidden energy ribbons of dark light that covered the surface of all creatures, making red glowing runes appear, covering the creatures tagging them with their spiritual meanings. Meanings that could only be derived from the sacred text that was only given to the most studious and meticulously righteous men. The green light gave way to the granular orange haze that indicated it was time for Adam to complete his task of assassinating the heirs of the ones who stole the land and magic from the good Cherokee men who brought a bounty of blood riches to the kingdom of the trolls. The green light gave way to a granular orange haze that indicated it was time for Adam to complete his task of assassinating the heirs of the one who stole the land and magic from the good Cherokee men who brought a bounty of blood riches to the kingdom of the trolls. With each sacrifice the Cherokee made, more of the trolls and more mass within the underworld hidden mystical realm would form. New land and alien earth would be created, expanding upon the dimensional influence of the troll kind themselves. It was this delicate balance that made humankind and troll kind possible. Adam was on the move, moving through the orange haze of the woods as the trees looked black and contradictory-like against the newly sensed optical patterning of his newly manifested troll eyes. He said, making the immediate animal life scurry and a squatting bum shit his pants as he lay by his campfire attempting to open a can of tomato juice with his pocket knife. Few humans ever hear the angry snarling of a troll. Even fewer become one like Adam has. He moves as the orange haze of the night moves around him like it were liquid. He forces himself to move faster, running on all fours. His passionate intensity for the coming kill of the fabled is making him almost float as he leaps like a panther, clearing 15 yards at a time. In this forest, by the Congaree River, Adam the Troll is the Alpha. There can be none more dominant than he. Making his way through the wood, he clears the brush, hopping over a large, empty freeway road, scurrying across the asphalt without incident. He moves through the dense foliage of the woods on instinct, leaping from pine to angel oak, battling the moss out of his eyes with the wind of his breath. Nothing can stop him. Nothing human inside him remains, which means no limitations exist within him now. He finds his way to a long, winding, wrought iron fence, peering through the bars at a well-lit community of disparate houses that are very large and high class. He squeezes his way through the slender bars, making his body like putty. A clever trick 
he only knew how to do based on pure instinct. He makes his way to the other side of the bars as a cat runs by, surprised by Adam's troll presence. Adam the troll snatches the cat's tail off, scribing a blood rune on his forehead written in troll language that indicates he is the assassin of the half-clones. The cat, still squealing, runs off into the woods, screaming like an alarm, which makes the lights of the nearest house that has a Tesla solar roof, something human Adam would have admired, turn on. An older man exits the house, looking right at Adam the Troll. <gasps> With quick instinct, Adam the Troll makes himself disappear. For a moment, the man on the steps of his house porch had thought he might shit his when he saw the horror show that was Adam the Troll. <laughs> Adam the Troll giggles to himself as he knows he can't be stopped. He moves like a sleuth in between the perfectly manicured community grass fields that lay hexagonally in between the intersecting house properties that are only five in total. Milton Ebers, the man he is after, has had great wealth passed on to him through his great-grandfather's illegitimate dealings. Stolen wealth from the Cherokee Indians who had followed the codes of the spirit troll world with militant precision. Adam the Troll becomes angered at the thought of those Indians who had been taken advantage of and flexes his body, making it puff up with demonic musculature that looks like that of a dwarf bodybuilder. The rows of long talon teeth in his cheeks erect, pointing straight outward into the air in front of him. His troll appendages and features are readying themselves for the good kill. Adam the Troll sees a brick house in the distance that has oil lamp lanyards hanging on the four points of the house. The house, as seen through his troll eyes, glows red, like a haze of bad. He makes his way with stealth to the house as the house exterior sprinkler system splashes his small, hobbled, puffed-up body, which his body absorbs instantly as aquatic sustenance. Adam the Troll hisses to himself. He finds his point of entry, which is an open basement window that is peeking itself from below the surface of the ground. He can see there is a light on in the basement, but there's no Milton Ebers there. It is only his daughter, Jessica Ebers. He knows this because he senses them. Adam the Troll did not know why, but he hated the name Jessica. It made his green blood boil with red fire. He needed there to be blood spilt by her. Adam the Troll melts the glass of the basement window into a perfectly balanced, well-formed dagger. Another trick Adam performed on pure troll instinct. He silently pushes his body through the window frame into the basement without making a sound. Jessica and her high school lover are playing grapsies with each other. Nice. Jessica, with her long blonde hair, kisses her lover, whose hands are squishing and squeezing her very large bare breasts. The young man is a breast man for sure. Adam the Troll can sense within the young man that he had lied to get to the position he is currently enjoying the fruits of. He had told her that his sister had died of leukemia that won favor with the young Jessica Ebers, who had aspirations to help the world through her family's philanthropic arm that had yet to be created by the family's undue fortune. Adam, knowing the girl was 17, would have not cared about her age if he would have met her as his human self. He would have lusted after her the same as the young lover was doing right now. A very human emotion begins to creep up in the gullet of Adam the Troll. A feeling that makes him long to be beautiful and human again. Hesitation causes him to make a sound and lose his footing that had him sprawled on the gray concrete like a large Thai gecko. Jessica looks over while the young man who was sucking the nipples of her breasts couldn't be bothered even if there was a nuclear explosion going on outside. They were fantastic breasts. 
Jessica sees Adam the troll on the wall and is too frightened to scream. She falls back onto the basement couch as the Netflix show Outer Banks can be seen playing on the movie-style projector screen. The young man attacking her breasts with his tongue and mouth falls with Jessica, seeing this as a sign that he needs to move on to the next step, which is seal the deal of taking her and his own virginity away. Jessica begins to have a silent seizure. She hadn't taken her seizure medication in a week leading up to this night because it made her loopy and tired. She wanted her sex drive to be clean and free for the young man she hoped would one day become her husband. The young hound of a man begins unbuttoning Jessica's pants, readying to insert his penis into her, which already had a black rubber condom on it. Jessica begins to seize violently, shaking, turning stiff, obviously not in the throes of passion which the young man can see. Jessica! What, what, what's wrong? Oh my god, are you okay? The young man asks, trying not to be loud. Adam the troll sees this as his opportunity, who moves in, leaping onto the back of the young man's skull, grabbing it like he were hugging a basketball, squeezing and contorting his little troll body until the young man's head pops, squishing and collapsing on itself as acid envelops the head, making it disappear, turning into green, viscous goo. The young man's torso shakes, forming a chicken-like dance that makes Jessica's eyes go wide as she begins to seize hard to a dangerous vibrato. Jessica's eyes roll into the back of her head as Adam the Troll, not wanting her to die by way of seizure, spasms thrusting an appendage he did not know he had into her mouth, shattering her teeth, sending the appendage up into her brain, out the top of her skull. Adam the troll squeals. He pulls his list from the invisible thin air and marks off the name Jessica Ebers with the tip of his taloned fingernail. The top of the basement door opens. The sounds of footsteps coming down the basement steps can be heard. Jessica? Tommy? The voice of Mark Ebers, the next name on Adam the Troll's hit list. Adam the Troll leaps up, running up Mark's leg like a muskrat, surprising him as he squeals, falling back against the descending staircase walls as Adam the Troll pops Mark's eyeballs out of their sockets with the forceful pressure of his two troll hands that were crushing Mark's head like a vice grip. Mark squeals with a high-pitched woman's shriek. <laughs> he squealed with his tongue protruding out of his mouth as Adam the Troll sadistically bites it off, not out of some sick sexual violation, but because Mark's tongue would be turned into an amulet by Adam the Troll's magic organs that would regurgitate the prize later to be used as further spiritual currency. The misdeeds by the heirs of his family's fortune had much to pay for. Adam the Troll can hear running upstairs as Milton comes barreling through the top of the stairs, holding a shotgun already buried in his shoulder, ready to fire. Mark! Milton Ebers screams, seeing the horrid, crushed, near-headless remains of his son who is still twitching on the basement staircase, sliding down into a pool of coursing blood that looks like a river of red. Without hesitation, Milton fires his shotgun in a fit of raging passion. Adam the Troll squeals as his little troll body is split into two. The separated troll body quickly reanimates itself, coming back to one terrible piece of spirit revenge as Adam the Troll moves with rapid lightning-fast speed, scaling Milton's legs, doing the same as he had done to himself. This time, though, Milton's brains were squished through the back of his skull, splattering on the white plaster walls that let his brains grip to them like three-dimensional art. Adam the Troll follows the eyes of Milton Ebers all the way to them being crossed. 
A slick, wet, masticating jeer erupts from the jowls of Adam the Troll. He belches with thunderous sonority that makes the walls shake and the basement door rattle off of its hinges. Over and over, he moves over the body of Milton Ebers, sniffing his body as if savoring the good kill. Adam the Troll, on instinct, goes for the genitals of Milton Ebers, biting through his pants, removing with his teeth the fabric and fleshy gore, swallowing down with with one one fantastic fantastic gulp. The amulet prize that will be transformed by his magic gullet. Already the organs have transmutated the genital remains of the last heir of the Ebers clan. Adam the troll gargle gulp vomits the amulet out of his gullet into his troll hand that has elongated talons of fright. He holds it as clear viscous goo evades the amulet's presence, clearing the way for a perfect large red glistening ruby that glows with a brilliant luminance. The list is completed for Adam the Troll. He screams with a celebratory roar. The scroll list appears before Adam the Troll, disappearing into the shape of a solid gold star that he swallows immediately. This makes him spasm with joy. But then a feeling erupts cascading over him. It is a human feeling of deep regret. Part of him, the human side, suddenly feels great remorse for what he has done. What he has done is wrong. What he has done is evil. Adam begins to climb his way out of his troll gullet into the vocal cords of his troll body, screaming, I'm not a monster! (laughs) I'm not a monster! With a flash of brilliant light, Adam the troll appears once again at the feet of the evil dwarf in the red coat who could be assumed to be Satan. At minimum, his ambassador. Still in the form of a troll, Adam looks up at the jeering, hobbit-looking dwarf man in his long red coat as he glares at him with his one good eye that is cartoonishly large. Change me back! Adam is able to say with great difficulty through the straining of his troll lips, jowls that weren't meant for human speech. Did you bring back my treasure? The dwarf man in the flaring red coat hisses with a lisp-questioning growl. Adam begins to vomit up the treasure, the ambulance, the tongue, and the gold star. He willingly tosses the treasure with only a microsecond of regret, letting the powerful spiritual currency go so easily. The dwarf man in the red coat snatches up the treasure with his taloned fingers that expand, making it easy to fit all of it in his hands as he unhinges his jaw, making room for the treasure that he gulps down with a single feat. The red coat dwarf turns, jeering a smile. That's a good little mule! He says, petting Adam the troll, who is slowly morphing back into his human self. Adam looks down to see his human skin, and features return to him. Deep, reviling relief washes over him as he knows he has only been temporarily used by the devil, or perhaps a craftier troll looking to predate on the desperate. Adam looks up at the dwarf man in the red coat with his human eyes, again fully naked and unafraid to be that way. Adam begins to cry, wrapping his arms on himself, falling into a fetal position, celebrating his human form and the life that he has. I'm beautiful again. I'm beautiful again. He cries. Beautiful. The dwarf man in the red coat asks with a condescending bane. He moves. 
boobs in front of the face of Adam, laughing. You look like a fucking muffer with your smooth pink skin and angel frail hair. The correct. He spits in the face of Adam with a green gob of goo that slides down his left cheek. Adam doesn't mind. He is beyond relieved he has his old body back, even if one day, not too many years from that day, it will begin to prune with age. Adam knew that the game of immortality was a game he was not willing to play because he did not have the stomach or balls for such an unrelenting stressful game. The dwarf man in the red coat looks at Adam as Adam weeps with gratitude to be back in his own human skin. Did you learn your lesson? The red coat dwarf asks with a scrape of the back of his throat. Adam nods his head yes, furiously. I did. I most certainly did, Adam exclaims. Then, with a poof, Adam awakens by the river's edge next to a crocodile that is waiting for him. Adam shoots up to his feet away from the croc right as it bites into his leg, ripping it to shreds. Chapter 3 Adam awakens, floating down the river, coming to rest by the river's edge. He scrambles, thrashing in the water, as if he were still under attack by the alligator. He is not. In fact, his leg is perfectly fine. It was a dream he had. A dream caused by the drug-induced coma he had put himself into with a strange blend of nootropics and psychedelic drugs he had concocted himself that had sent him on a statewide murder spree. A murder spree he had no idea he had committed. In his mind, he had just come from the circus tent of the devil that had made him a mule performing mischievous tasks for the prize of gaining spiritual currency. Nude and unafraid to be that way, Adam runs finding the tail end of the Riverwalk trail, running to it with intense speed and passion. His privates dangle and slap against the leg. Mosquitoes begin to bite his nuts and his thighs. He doesn't care. The pain and thrill to be human again has him moving with ease as if nothing could shake his profoundly elated joyful spirit. Like before though, he meets a girl on the path who at first was shocked to see such a beautiful man running up the trail. She thought maybe it could be a prank by a local fraternity on her. After all, she was the Alpha Alpha Sigma Godmother. <laughs> But just like before, she recoils in horror, running, screaming in the opposite direction. Adam, thinking he is a troll, once again feels for his face. I am Adam, he says in a very human voice. Relieved, he feels all over his body to feel that he is very much human. He runs up the trail finding the parking lot to where he had left his car once. A car he had given up in the name of saving money, opting to use rideshare technology instead. He notices an old man sitting outside his house that is enjoying a fine glass of lemonade as the pitcher sits full glistening in the sun next to him. Adam walks up to the man's chain fence. Excuse me, sir. Might I trouble you for a pair of pants? Possibly a robe, Adam says to the man who turns looking shocked at what he sees. A prank gone awry, the old man with glasses and a full head of white hair asks. Bingo. Adam responds with a pointed index finger and thumb like an arrow. The old man lets him through the gate. Wait here. I have some of my son's old clothes you can wear until you get back home. The old man looks suspiciously at Adam for a moment, as if he recognizes him from somewhere. Adam doesn't think anything of it. He just waits for the old man to return with the clothes so he can get back to his life. Ten minutes go by before Adam begins to suspect something is wrong. He moves further into the house, looking for the man through the open windows as a gentle breeze rustles the trees around him. He sees a television screen that is showing a flash news report with the title, Murder by the Congaree. 
Entire family murdered by a young madman. A reporter can be seen right outside of Milton Ebers' home, where a coroner can be seen just to the left of the reporter reporting as the coroner hangs onto the side of the house, puking his guts out. Adam is frozen stiff in his step as he stares at the image of himself on the television screen. A college photo that was taken not more than a year ago. Hidden camera footage within the house shows Adam in human form, running naked, dousing Jessica Ebers with acid while he mangles Milton with his teeth, who is attempting to fight him off in a fit of desperation. Adam is like a wild, crazed animal. His eyes look black. His eyes in the video look demonic. Adam cannot believe what he is witnessing. Suddenly aware that he is being watched, Adam turns to his left slowly to see the old man has returned by the side of his house with a very large handgun that he calls the judge. The gun is massive. Adam quickly realizes that no matter where the bullet hits him, he would be fucked. He freezes, not moving an inch. He stares into the determined eyes of the old man whom Adam is convinced is going to kill him. Milton Ebers was the one man who allowed me to retire when I did so I could take care of my Edie. God rest her soul. That man gave me two precious years with my wife before the cancer ate out her insides. I loved that man. I loved him more than my own brother. This gun here is the judge. Say what you will before I pass judgment on you. Adam puts up his hands, shaking his head side to side. No. Sir, I have no clue what is happening right now. I, 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 I know what this looks like, but I swear I didn't kill a soul. The old man cocks the hammer on the large silver revolver named the judge. His son and daughter... Jessica and Mark helped make a mural for Edie that hangs there on my wall in the kitchen. I loved that family. I loved them more than my own family. And you killed them. You killed a family of prosperity and good that did more for the community than anyone I have met in my 70 years of existence. Adam begins to shake. He knows what he has done. The drugs he took really fucked with his mind. The devil in the circus tent, becoming a troll, all of it was a rabid hallucination that the brain nootropics and drugs had reinforced with a fever pitch of psychedelic delusion. Reefer madness was right, Adam thought to himself as he remembered the 1930s anti-drug documentary his grandfather had made him watch after he was caught smoking a joint at church by the preacher. He suddenly felt guilty for having sodomized the preacher's daughter that same week when he was caught with the joint. Adam sees that the old man will not waver. He sees that his life will be over. Adam looks to the sky one last time as he gazes upon the beauty of the sun just as the old man fires the judge exploding Adam's pretty head like a bursting watermelon. Blood rains down with a light mist soaking the grass as his body falls dead with a mighty thwap. Adam twirls into the purple mist of death as his soul finds its way into the cavern of the mystic deep. He falls and falls, coming to a dead stop on the white powdered surface of a deserted landscape that has large rubies and emeralds as big as houses all around him. Confused and very much afraid, he reaches for anything attempting to feel. He can feel. He feels like he had when he was in the fit of craze when he thought he was a troll. Adam looks down to see that his troll arms have returned. He feels his face to find that all of the troll features have remanifested themselves. Terrified, he cries out, Big source! Adam rages, thrashing around. He catches a glimpse of his troll self from the reflection of a giant ruby. Adam is now more horrid than he remembered. Too much desperation of filthy detail that he can no longer communicate in his former English language. His human self would have screamed. His troll self exclaims, Which is good, 
Adam the Troll hears a familiar laugh. <laughs> he turns, looking as he snarls at the little dwarf man in the red coat. You did it. Such a good job. I figured, why let a good thing go to waste? Adam the Troll raged, reaching for the dwarf man in the red coat who quickly expanded into a much bigger troll than Adam. He grabs Adam by the throat. I tricked you. So easy to control, so easy to manipulate. Welcome to your new eternal life here in the mystical realm, where you are now my eternal slave. The devil laughs and laughs as Adam, who was once beautiful and young, screams with torturous agony. It was true. It was all true. Everything that Adam experienced had happened. It was true like a hidden demonic cult held over reality, just like the circus tent Adam had found the devil in. But even the illusory truth was nothing more than a fabled illusion down by the Riverwalk Trail. Finn.